Count your blessings, ladies and gentlemen, because this is Brian Pillman Jr., and you're listening to the most influential podcast. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Proverbs. Twenty twenty one may have been another shit year in this world, uh, but it was actually a pretty good year for professional wrestling, all things considered. We finally got fans back. WWE and AEW and all the major promotions are touring again. Things seem kind of back to normal. Uh, Pro Wrestling Proverbs came back this year. That was a great year for us. Yeah, yeah, over a hundred followers on the Twitter machine. Thanks to a nice little retweet from the GOAT himself, Chris Jericho. We uh, we started uh, an Instagram this year, and that already has ballooned us to 54 followers, which is nice. And uh, I didn't check I didn't check uh, our other social media, but we got a good 37 followers on TikTok. We know we haven't posted since August on there, but it's all right. Uh, it, almost, it almost seems like we're more than just a... Uh little wrestling podcast as um as a jessamine duke once said i should i really want i haven't got around to it but i really want to edit her uh the cameo she did for us into an intro <laughs> just a spider uh, i love i love our i love brian pillman jr yeah oh, and awesome. then the noel one is good too we haven't used the Noel one since we since we started again. That might be a twenty twenty two thing we have to do, or we can get more. We can find somebody who's willing. There's if there's one thing I know about wrestlers is if we pay them, they will do anything you ask. Virgil. Virgil. I don't I don't know if we can afford Virgil. Send them some some good old fashioned Michigan meat sauce. Uh. Uh, 2021. Uh, I think I think looking back on 2021, it was kind of a uh, a year in two parts, essentially. Yeah. Um, before fans came back and after fans came back. Uh, cause can you tell me just off the top of your head? I don't want you to think too hard about this. Tell me one major thing that happened in the Thunderdome in 2021. Uh... Exactly, it's hard. Like, yeah, everything. Like, I bet you listeners listening to this probably had the same reaction you did. Like, what fucking did happen in January, February, March? Nothing really. It all kind of blends together in your brain. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of what 2020 felt like too. Um, yeah, and that's kind of why. We didn't really talk about wrestling too much, and that's why we didn't really put anything out. Because uh, wrestling without fans sucks ass, just straight up. Yeah. Um. But the first, I think, the first big event of 2021 that that came that we uh, we can look back on fondly here it was WrestleMania. Oh, for sure. Um. It seemed kind of obvious. Um. That WWE is just kind of rushing people back. Because uh, if you remember at the time, it was still kind of like on the fence of the sports are going to come back in the summer-ish. 
Um, it was just a matter of like who's gonna take the first step. You know, Vince and Stephanie, they wanted to be the first ones to say, yeah, claim like, oh, we're the first major sporting event to have fans back, and they're gonna rub and they're gonna push it down our throats in five, ten years when they do documentaries about this. Oh, yeah, just like they did when um, after 9 11. That's like yeah. the big selling point. Yeah, the first big public gathering. Yeah, and whatever good for them they can do it it was it was a great show it was the first uh i think it was the first time for a lot of people especially wrestling fans in general where they where they watched an event like a live sporting event and didn't have to think about covid yeah um because WWE barely mentioned it anyway they just kind of pretended when they were in the thunderdome like you know it didn't exist whatever because you know it's supposed to be an escape type thing uh yeah, was... yeah, and then the only time that I can think of that COVID was even it wasn't even a reference was one time when Roman Reigns brawled in the crowd you remember and he put a mask on oh yeah <laughs> yeah and then that's I think it was Corey Graves made the great save you know doesn't want to breathe the same air as the fans which is awesome as much shit as we give Corey Graves for cheating on his wife <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he, he could be a pretty okay uh, commentator. We respect it. We respect the hustle. Uh, the rain delay that happened at WrestleMania was just hilarious. Uh, of course that would happen. Of course. Yep. But it, it was actually probably one of my favorite moments of the night. It was they're just freaking out. You can tell. And they're just like, let's just get any wrestler we can in front of a camera and have them cut a promo on their match right now. Yeah. No script and see what happens. And you can kind of tell, like, people who are prepared for that and people who weren't. Um, yeah, but then, they sadly, we had to go back to the Thunderdome right after that. Yep. Uh, again, don't really remember much that happened. It was just kind of just waiting. And then AEW and W both announced that they're going back on the road. AEW is leaving uh, Daly's place. Uh, w is leaving the Thunderdome. And like that, that first weekend back, uh, I don't know. I just kind of just felt like the pandemic was over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just. And then, then ever since then, so much happened. Oh, for sure. John Cena returning, CM Punk returning, Brock Lesnar coming back, Becky Lynch coming back. Uh, all the great matches. I'll just Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson debuting, Adam Cole debuting in AEW. Even though some people didn't like it, I mean, Christians come back, started at the Royal Rumble, and it. I mean, until about this month, it was pretty. It was strong most of the year. Yeah, Chris, yeah Christian was a big edge. He had a yeah. great year. Um, as you can see, has he ranked high on our top twenty-five list? I think he was nine. It, I, we mentioned it on our Twitter, but you figure the main event of WrestleMania was Edge, Dan O'Brien, and Roman Reigns. And at one point within the past 10 years for all three, they were technically all retired. At one point, yeah. Even though there's some of you dickheads out there that think Roman was faking, but, uh, you know, that's besides the point, and you're a terrible person. Yeah, it. Go back to. 
uh, was a good year to go back to. Just like even like 2018. I believe that's. I believe Daniel Bryan was still retired in 2018, or the 20. Um, 20. So just we'll call it 2017. Yeah. Um. Then 2021. That. Edge, Christian, Daniel Bryan, and CM Punk would all wrestle yeah. in 2021. And Sting all, even. Three of the and Sting, and three of the five of those. Fought for world world titles. Yeah. And then and then mentioned that Brian Daniel the Daniel Bryan wrestled for world titles in two different companies in the same year. And, and Christian and Christian yeah. invented three pay per views for three different wrestling companies. Like that and like, all of them have a reason to be brought up on why their return was so or not even their return but the year just so impressive i mean like you just mentioned for brian and christian edge has there there was like a brief month if you remember this year fans were kind of over edge already they thought oh he's back in the heavyweight title picture invented himself no he and now he's doing the brood baths again and then you have Sting, who, I mean, I know myself, I thought it would be a one-and-done, or it would always be cinematic matches. And even though I don't like that he's, you know, Darby Allen's dad, <laughs> he still has done a lot more in the ring than I suspected he would. And he's done it with... I thought if he would ever get back in the ring, it would have to be with, you know, Daniel Bryan or Chris Jericho. He's been in there with some lower tier guys. Yep. It's all of it's it's been a big year in all across the board. Uh and it just it seems like in like the first like especially these past couple months specifically, is the first time in a long time that wrestling has just been fun to watch. Yeah. Um do it the open door. The Forbidden Door. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of matches you wouldn't expect. And the one that comes to my mind happened, I want to say, a lie. Yeah, Chris Jericho and Nick Gage. Like, who would have thought that? That would happen. Yeah. Who would have thought that you would have seen seen him cut open Chris Jericho with a pizza slicer right before a Domino's ad or whatever? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Oh my god. And I mean, and like you mentioned too, John Cena's come back. I mean, it was for one match, or um, it was the big match at SummerSlam before Brock re-debuted. There was a moment where it seemed like Cena was going to win. Yeah. The Summer of Cena. Yeah. That that was that was a fun time. I went to I went to a live event in uh Detroit. Uh, during that time, and I remember sitting there and just thinking, like, man, this might be the last time I see John Cena live. Yeah. At least, like, how many? Like, if he does come back, will it be in Detroit when he's gonna do house shows again? Maybe not. You never know. So I just, I so, I remember soaking it in, and just like, and just, you know, just having one of those moments, you know. And I had that at the same time, I was uh, lucky enough to be able to drive out to Chicago. The mm-hmm. CM Punk return. It's just one of those things where it's just like, 
I'm so happy I like I sacrificed to do that. Um, just going, I know I told the story on our first episode back, but uh, just driving from Southeast Michigan, Detroit area, uh, it goes like five and a half hours to get there, and then being being too too poor to buy a hotel, uh, that my girlfriend and her child brother would like sleep in. Uh, and so I had drove all the way back the same night, um, staying up. I think I was up like 20 hours at that point. Nothing too mm-hmm. crazy. I know some people were probably like, oh, I always do it for 24 plus hours all the time. Like, whatever, shut the fuck up. Uh, but like stopping like every like hour, like at a gas station, just like, like that was just a crazy night for me. And. There's some there's something because a little bit later we're gonna talk about things we hated, but the, there's something in that night that I'm gonna bring up, uh, so we'll save that. That was that was a, a bucket list experience. I'm glad I got to see. I never forget it. Uh, you know, you went to a couple couple events this year. Yeah, I mean, what I was gonna say too, it wasn't just returns that made the year so good. I mean, something that sticks out in my mind was March. The Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, the yeah. lights out match, that put those two on the map. Yeah, Britt especially. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it, it seems like those two are just destined to meet up again here in 2022, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of why. Thunder got knocked out here at the TBS tournament. Yeah, I think I think Thunder's uh, up next, and she might be the one to knock off Brett. I, I, I wouldn't hate it. I love Thunder Rosa. Um, I'm I'm almost to the point where I might enjoy her more than Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, as close we'll see how this we'll see how that goes. Check back in with me in a couple months. Uh, and we also saw the. Um... It was brief. But another return in Samoa Joe. Yep. Uh, he's Going back a... to NXT. I hope we see more of him. I hope this isn't... Uh, I, I was under the impression this wasn't supposed to be too serious. I thought we would have seen him back by now. Yeah, I kind um, of... I was under the impression that the... I mean, the injury was real. They didn't necessarily need to take the title off him. But they were just using him to get it off of Cross anyway. It was alright. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll have to see exactly what happens there. And as I said, you know, it wasn't just returns. There was even debuts that made an impression this year. I mean, we've seen just recent, in recent months, Braun Breaker and Hook. Hook, um, we've Hook, seen the Hook became a, a fucking sensation in one night. Yeah, we've seen the debut of Brock Lesnar's ponytail. I think that was the biggest debut of the year. We've seen some people completely reinvent themselves, like Riddick Moss become a Madcap Moss. It was one of the most fun parts of the live event I went to in Grand Rapids because they have a coffee shop called Madcap Coffee. 
That's as Baron Corbin was doing his heel promo. He said, why are you booing us? Madcap has a coffee shop down the road. You obviously love us. <laughs> it, it's just been a fun year. And you can see, um, I know there's a lot of releases for WWE. You can see with the people that are still left, the fun that they're having. I mean, Seth Rollins and his drip gimmick. McIntyre with his sword. Ron Breaker really um, accepting his Steiner lineage. Brian Danielson being able to wrestle. Great Muda kind of having a one more run tour over in Japan. The boys from the Undisputed Era tearing it up on NXT and now doing the same thing on AEW. Like, even if, like imagine, imagine saying that like in early 2021. Imagine saying that in like February. Yeah. That Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish would be in a uh, a trios match against uh, Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends in the exactly. Dynamite in December. It's just been so many good things to mention. Obvious MVPs for the year. Um, I mean, if you've been following our list, you'll see our 25. We're going to release the top... Is it the top three? Yeah, we're going to... I'm going to post the top three uh, when, when when I post this episode. Maybe, oh. maybe like... So, if you're listening to this, my top three would be uh, posted right now. Not necessarily your top wrestler of the year, but do you have someone that you would count as an MVP? Um, I think it's pretty clear. I think there's two that are pretty clear. Right, give me yours while I think. think it's Roman. It's Adam Cole. Yeah, Roman. I think if you if you look at our list, we put Roman at one, because um, I think that's pretty obvious that Roman mm-hmm. has carried WWE um, since he, since he came back. He, he was the most interesting, uh, his most interesting gimmick, the most interesting stories. Every match, I think I put in uh, the graphic we had. Uh, every match he has, it has the like the big fight feel trademarked WWE um yeah I mean it's there's just something about him plus you throw in the stuff with the Usos plus you throw in the wise man Paul Heyman Paul Paul Heyman hasn't had a gimmick switch he's the same guy just by calling him the wise man it's almost like he's a completely different character I I think we put Paul Heyman in an MVP talk too yeah, just based on uh, his work this year alone with Roman, like that pairing, like it didn't seem obvious at first um, to put them together, but like right. in retrospect now, like it was a ge- like whoever came up with that idea, the genius. I don't know if it was Paul himself or if it was Roman or if it was some Hollywood writer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a it was a great it was a great idea. I am glad somebody came up with that. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think because I want to say somebody besides uh, Roman. Um, 
not not necessarily somebody who who would be in our top five. I mean, it, it wasn't only 2021, but I think if you count the Thunderdome as a whole era, you have to say Bailey. Yeah, you had to say Bailey. She definitely carried the women's division during that time. And I, if we're gonna go with that route, I would say Bobby Lashley. Oh, for sure. Bobby, Bobby Lashley had a coming out party the past year and a half. That that's one thing I don't understand with internet wrestling fans. We talk about it all the time. How they're so fickle and they don't really know what they want. But you read where they're like, "Ooh, WWE doesn't have a main event right now." Like, so you've got Roman, Seth, Iggy, Bobby, and McIntyre for sure. But then you can make arguments for Kevin Owens with how he's constantly in the mix. There's six right there. Plus, underneath them, you have your Cesaros, your Sheamuses, your Shinsukes, people who, if need be, up and have made of a man. I mean, Sami Zayn definitely came into his own. Yeah. She still have Brock and Cena part-time. I just... I don't know. I saw, and I wish I would have saved it. I wish I would have sent it to you. Yeah, someone, oh man, you know, have you seen AEW's main event? Even TNA's main eventers? Ooh, WWE doesn't have any. Like, what, are, what are you watching? Like, I get it's cool to hate on them, but the, the main event is stacked. The main events aren't the issue. No, it's it's having too much TV time uh-huh. and not enough. I don't know. It's. Plus Vincent, Vincent should throw a couple tag teams. You know, tag teams are fun. Yeah. I mean, including tag teams. I didn't even say Randy Orton. Or Edge. They're, the main event quality in WWE, it's there. It's just, it's just not what um, your internet fan wants. Which is fine, yeah. you know, each their own, whatever. But I think WWE had a lot of great moments this year. Oh, for uh, sure. We yeah. talked about it almost, I'd say every pay-per-view. I mean, they weren't great. They weren't five-star, you know, Dave Meltzer classics. They, they they were entertaining. I mean, yeah, there's moments that were stinkers. I mean, you know how rare it is to get a top-to-bottom perfect show? It, it literally almost never happens. Yeah, when you have a handful of producers, a handful of writers, a um, bunch of wrestlers with you know, veteran status like Randy Orton throwing their ideas in, McMahon still pulling their ideas in, Bruce Prichard, Laurinaitis. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Yeah, uh, but like, I, I you know I said it I've said it multiple times this year that. I, I truly believe AEW and WWE are just two completely different oh, yeah. like, companies at this point, and they're serving two different audiences. I mean, I think people forget, but when WWE, WCW, and ECW were all around, um, ECW was for you know the hardcore independent fan. WCW at one point was more for you know wrestling or wrestling. I saw the wrestling that Georgia wrestling. And then WWE was kind of a little mixture of both. You no, know, it wasn't too hardcore. 
So was it too much wrestling? So I yeah, you you can't you can't have the same product on every show. Nope. Uh... I mean comparing WWE and AEW is like comparing I don't know Office and that seventies show. Yeah, they're both TV shows. Yeah, they're both comedies. They're two different, completely different types of comedies. Yeah. yeah. And what makes someone laugh at that 70s show isn't going to make the same person laugh at The Office. That's... But I don't think there's people out there uh, that are this toxic when I'm talking about no, that 70s show in The Office, though. Which is, which is so funny. And... And I, I made I made a comment on uh, the Squared Circle uh, subreddit a couple weeks ago because they they're always fucking arguing about ratings in there, and I talk about oh man Dynamite didn't break a million a one point or whatever or a million or whatever. I don't know I don't know how it fucking works, and like they're just sitting there just like just the AEW like fans and the WWE fans. Like, the super toxic ones are just going there, just going at it. Like, what other, like, TV show has, like, that kind of fan base? Right. Like, like is there, like, a group of, like, uh, Bob's Burgers fans and, like, a group of Family Guy fans? They're like, oh, Bob's Burgers only did a 2.9, Family Guy did a 3.1. You, your show fucking sucks. And I hate you. Ooh, you know, if you got a whole new writing staff, it'd be better. All, all the top writing, all, all the top uh, writers in the biz are going to Bob's Burgers. What's Family <laughs> Guy going to do? No, it is. It's crazy, and we've we've said it before. Just enjoy it. No, I'm not going to be one of those that say, oh, if you don't like it, turn it off. But I mean, also, you know, you don't have to like everything. I guess the better way to say would be just because you don't like everything doesn't mean you have to hate everything. Right. And I, I, I think what you can take away from this conversation we've had uh, recapping 2021 is that... Wrestling, wrestling is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to just yeah. enjoy it and have. I mean, fun. the house show I went to with my buddy. Like I told you beforehand, there was you know Mad Cat Moss and Drew McIntyre, Bianca, Liv, Becky, and Biggie, Seth, and Evan Owens, and Charlotte and Sasha. So not a huge card. Each match was fun. And you could tell that they were just they they enjoyed it, right? I think that's what makes it. Like if they just went in and wanted to collect a paycheck and left, it wouldn't be fun for anyone. Right. So, uh, but as so you we'll mentioned, be... it's an escape. Yeah. Um, what I'd like to do now um, is let's move on because uh, we were we did a top twenty-five list on our Twitter, but we. Also put together a quick uh, top five for the women in tag teams. Okay. Um, I'd hate to do this to you, but I want you to uh, take over for a minute. Uh, somebody's blowing up my phone. I have to check it. Uh, I will be back momentarily if you want to run through those real quick. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, the women are just as important as the men. Um, you heard us talk about them before. You've heard us on previous podcasts talk about how great they are. I mean, at number five for us, if Becky Lynch. Now, I know what you're thinking. Becky was gone half the year. Why is she on the top five? She put out the statistic that she has had 500 days with a championship. Figure she never lost the women's title. She gave it up when Oscar won Money in the Bank. And then she came back and instantly won a title again. I know a lot of people aren't a fan of how she won it from Bianca Belair, but I think it was perfect. Bianca wasn't ready for her. It made sense storyline. Becky Lynch at number five. Number four, interestingly, interestingly enough, we just talked about her. Bianca Belair. She has had an amazing year. She came out and won the Royal Rumble. Just started there. Rocket ship strapped to her back. Yeah, Becky beat her for a moment. She has had matches with, or great matches with Sasha, great matches with Becky. Uh, Bianca Belair is going to be a cornerstone of the women's division for many, many years. And I'm excited to see her to mix it up with not only the ladies in WWE, but as years go on and, you know, either she leaves or, you know, a Britt Baker leaves AEW or a Thunder Rosa leaves AEW to watch her be able to fight them. And then number three, again, ironically enough, just said her name, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa has been everywhere as of late. Uh, obviously down in Mexico. Then she's been in AWA lately. She's looking to be one of the top contenders for both the women and the TBS championship. And then you've also seen her in the NWA before her contract was bought out on or from AEW. Thunder uh, Rose has just been everywhere. She's been having great matches with Hikaru Shida as well as Britt Baker. I mean, uh, Unsanctioned Lights Out match, I can't praise it enough. Um, I know this may sound a little bit dorky or like a, a nerd, but I'm waiting for the two-pack of the Unsanctioned Lights Out match of the women to get those figures. It was it was just an amazing match, and uh, all I can say is please go watch it. But besides AEW and NWA, she did in July make an appearance for Impact. But besides WWE, Thunder Rosa appeared in every other major wrestling promotion. She's almost the Christian of the women's division. Logan, you you host a wrestling podcast. I you can say anything nerdy you want. Um, True. So you can go, you can go get those figures, um, as long as, ah. as long as, as long as you just buy them for yourself and you're not one of those losers that uh, buy all the ones in stock at a store or whatever. And so yeah, and then them. they take them home and sell them so that way kids can't have them. Yeah, I hate them. Number two, um, it's Britt Baker. I mean, who would have thought when watching the All In pay per view and there was the women's match. With Britt Baker, Tessa Blanchard. Oh, let me see who the other two were. Chelsea Green and Madison Rain. That in 2021, Britt Baker would be the top star out of that match. And yes, Tessa Blanchard's coming back with WoW. Madison Rain's her career slowly winding down, and there's Chelsea Green. But Britt Baker, 
both on the mic and in the ring has put on phenomenal work. And I'm just, I'm glad she's not getting overshadowed as just Adam Cole's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, no. I I, I think the biggest part about Brew Baker's been doing so well recently and all year is, I think it has more to do with her character, uh, the DMD gimmick. Yeah. Than her, like, in-ring work, like, her in- she's great in the ring, no doubt about it, right? No, we're not taking anything away from her. But she has probably one of the best characters uh, going right now. It's, she was it's... actually the first. So I had other, you know, pro wrestling t-shirts or other New Japan shirts that had people from AEW on it. But Britt Baker was the first officially licensed AEW shirt that I owned. I, uh, I'm trying to think who, who mine is. I know when I went to Chicago, I visited the P, the Pro and Tees store. I got a lot of those boxes, and Thunder Rosa was in one of them. So, Say that really there's a re- there's them. a reason they're both in our top five. Yeah, uh, they'll probably be in our top five next year too. For sure. As a honorable mention, because I know we kind of did that for the men, <clears throat> I would have to say it would be Jordan Grace. She is the very strong woman of impact. She's had the Impact Tag Championship with Rachel Ellering, and now she's holding the Digital Media Championship, which is their men and women's championship. Um, Jordan Grace is just... She's a freak in the ring. She's been compared to Scott Steiner when it comes to just her attributes and her look. She's definitely one to watch out for. But the number one AWP woman of the year is Diana Prusio. Yes, if you are a WWE mark, yes, she is the NXT talent that got cut. But... If you pay attention to literally anything else, she has been the top of the mountain since her release. And she's held the Impact Championship. She held it for 343 days before finally losing it to Mickey James. She appeared in AAA winning the champion versus champion match and also winning the AAA championship at the same time she's made appearances on nwa especially at the empower knockouts knockdown pay-per-view i mean again there's just there's so many things you can say about her but we just have so little time yeah go go search her out don't just rely on what you know about her from nxt she has done a lot for the industry as of late. Her and Mickey James are doing great things for women. Um, unlike, and I'm going to say her name again, unlike Chelsea Green, who apparently just thinks she is, you know, <laughs> best thing since sliced bread. I mean, I don't see what Chelsea Green, why she thinks she's good. I do. Least, so many others. At least Mac Regorna is entertaining. Yeah. I mean,. I just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand Chelsea Green. I don't understand her love. That's just, that's beside the point. Now I move on. Tag teams. 
number five. This is the only appearance by someone that was on our top 25 list. It's RK Bro. Tag team when they as fuck. Yeah, the, and I'll admit, I think it was when we first started recording again. I didn't think this was gonna work. That riddle annoys me, and I, I, I know Randy Orton's one of those that if he doesn't like something, he puts in zero effort. But apparently, he loves it. And, and not only in ring, but their promos are funny as shit. At Riddle dressing up like Randy Orton. At Riddle making them wear matching blazers. <laughs> oh, it is. It's good shit, pal. It's very good shit. I, I, I'm like I'm. I know we don't really like uh, tag teams breaking up too much that we like, but I'm so excited for like their feud. Yeah. Right after they break up. I mean, whenever Randy Orton breaks up with a tag team partner, the feud is always fantastic. Ray Wyatt, Edge, just to name a couple. It's uh, when Legacy split and they had the triple threat. Randy Orton knows how to put people on the map. Evolution. He put himself yeah. on the map on that one. <laughs> Number four, Usos. Now, do I think that... Because they weren't together all year, correct? Um... The the one was hurt, um, yeah. But he came back, and they've been with uh, with Roman ever since. Say, so, yeah, I think if they would have been together all year, they'd be a little higher on our list. I mean, they haven't done too much tag team work. They've done some. But, I mean, just being Roman's lackeys, it's it's been great watching their reactions when people essentially tell Roman to go fuck himself. Like when Paul Heyman, you know, I'm protecting you from Brock Lesnar. And you could see the Usos in the background laughing or gasping because they said that he said that to their tribal chief. They play the part so well. The Usos and then the team, the other team that I had a question putting at number four, the New Day. They're definitely going to go down as WWE Hall of Famers. Definitely. And I think at this point, if they both continue, they could be the number one and number two WWE tag teams of all time. Let me preface that before <laughs> I get attacked on Twitter. WWE tag teams. Not all time. Just in WWE. Number three goes to the Lucha Bros. I don't even know if I need to say anything. If you've seen a match with these two, then you know why a top tag team on our list. I... In Literally every, almost every match they put on, I know I, I've used this word a lot in our top 25 list, it, it, they're fucking bangers, dude. Yeah. Like, just free TV matches that they're putting on. And I on. mean, they had the steel cage match with the Young Bucks, and now they're in the feud with FTR. I mean, it's just so fucking good. Yeah, the FTR matches are good, and we're going to get a... Uh, match uh i think it's on the first dynamite of tbs they're fighting uh, jurassic express that's probably gonna be really good um yeah i i literally i think i said this uh in their first podcast but i had barely any idea who these people who lucia brothers were uh up until the summer like i knew of them um i know who ray phoenix and penta were mm-hmm. um, but i didn't realize how good they were 
and I feel I feel like a major uh, major big a stu- big stupid idiot. Yeah, for, you are for for being so ignorant uh, about some of the great tag teams out there. Uh, but now I've been enlightened. Uh, I'm glad to hear. Uh, I said it a couple episodes ago. I didn't I didn't know what they say uh, in their taunt. Uh, a listener texted me and told me what it meant. I already forgot, but that's okay. Yeah, Sarah Miedo? Yeah, we're both old men. I forget. No that. fear. Yes, that is correct. That's what he texted me. He's probably going to text me again before, right before you just said that, and he's like, oh, never mind. You're okay. Gonna correct, did you? Uh, and it means no fear. I don't know. We're just two two old men putting together a podcast. We're, we fall asleep before 8 o'clock. Every night. Sometimes on the toilet. Sometimes on the toilet. Sometimes <laughs> watching a movie. Both of those are just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, another team that I'm sure you don't know too much about. Uh, the Briscoe Brothers. I know. Jay and Mark. Enough. I mean, I, I'm sure your first memory of Jay Briscoe little segue here he used to do that pod swoggle arch madness tournament yeah and if you remember i had jay briscoe and bray wyatt in the finals <laughs> yeah. and and, uh, and i got second you did I remember, I remember that um jay and mark the only way i can think to describe them they are the they're the sting or they were the sting for ring of honor they were there for years at least tag team champions 10 times. I think they won it the last night as well. Um, they were lifted up on the roster shoulders. And now it seems they're picking a fight with FTR. And the eight or the 90s, we got to see the Legion of Doom face off with the Road Warriors. The 70s and 80s, we got to see those Briscoe brothers face off with the Funks. And now in the 2020s, we're going to get to see FTR and the Briscoes in what is quite possibly the best two tag teams around today. Now, before we get to number one, you know, another honorable mention. This one comes in a form, so that way, again, we don't get attacked on the Twitter (laughs) machine. Um, We don't have the Young Bucks in the top five. Controversial opinion. And here's why. Our number one is FTR. And I think FTR every week, tag team match, trios match, four-man match, they are consistently putting on good matches. Not five-star, not all the time. Three, four, sometimes five. Young Bucks and some of their tag and trios matches, they're not great. That being said... Especially since they all seem to end the same way. Yes. That being said, if I needed to pick a tag team to go out and have a five-star match and a pay-per-view, I'm going to pick the Young Bucks. Do I think FTR could do that? Yes. And I guarantee the Young Bucks could do that. Yes. 
So I think the I I think the Young Bucks. Maybe it's because they're not on TV a whole lot, and FTR is. That could be part of it too. I understand that they have a lot of backstage work to do, but um, yeah, Young Bucks honorable mention. And as I said before that, that means number one is FTR. And I mean, inclusion of Tully into the group, being the muscle of the pinnacle, matches with uh, Lucha Bros that are happening. No matter where these guys go, no joke, they are the top guys. And the Twitter game is... Probably second to none. Yeah, they, I mean, the moment they, they had, Eddie... Do, they, they had everybody fooled that they were retiring like three yeah. months ago. And the moment any WWE guy expressed any sort of, oh, I'm upset, or oh, I shouldn't have lost that match, they tweet at him, hey, give me a call, give me a text. And then, I mean, they won the AAA Tag Team Championship this time. That's a nice little connection there. They won the AAA tag titles, and number one woman won the AAA uh, women's championship. Sorry, all the Kenny Omega fans. He's not number one on our list. Yeeks. Uh, um, and one of the Proverbs guys really hate AEW. Yeah, yeah, and that's I was going to mention that earlier. Isn't it going to be cute when it seems like I'm the WWE sympathizer? I know. But, um. <laughs> realize. Why? I, here's a fun fact. Uh, uh, FTR has their names that they do. I think you told me this before. Uh, like I said, Dash and Cash. Or, right? Is it Dash and Cash? What are they now? Oh, Dax and Cash, yeah. Because it's close to Axe and Smash. Ah. Yeah, I, so, I mean, their tradition, their fists, not flips. It's uh, they're top guys. They very expertly brought '80s, '70s, and '80s tag team wrestling into the modern day. Oh which, yeah, which is a feat of its own, and they and a, and a division, or as as you filled with people like the Young Bucks, where there's a lot of high spots, a lot of kicks, yeah, a lot of people like the Yeah, they're. they're they're a great breath of they're a breath of fresh air, uh, just working the mat. Um, yeah. And it's pro wrestling is very much an artwork, and that's kind of I as you know that's why we all still watch it. You know, none of us think it's real still. It's 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 a fucking like performance, and FTR are one of the best at it. They are the closest. To a modern day horseman as you will get which is why it intrigues me Ali's already there Arn's there Rick could eventually show up if they ever truly use the horseman name I think these guys are the first choices just like they are our choice for PWP tag team of the year 